0: Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I am talking with our chairman of the Republican Party, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you. As has become our custom, my wife and I actually saw the New Year in. We have not done that for many years. And then starting about five or six years ago, we joined another couple. And uh, so we always go out, have dinner and listen to music while the time rolls. And actually, uh swear in the new year, head for the House right after that. But uh, I think 2020 is going to be a great year for New Mexico, and I think it's going to be a huge year for President Trump. Here in the state, the Republican Party of New Mexico, the RPNM, is working hard to turn the state red. And we're supporting probably the largest and most diverse group of candidates ever to run as Republicans. We plan to win House and Senate seats in the roundhouse this fall, maybe take control of one or both of those bodies. The Trump victory team is spread across the state with its gravity. Roots campaign. We're going to be putting New Mexico in the win column for the president this November. We're also looking to gain a majority on the state Supreme Court. We've been working hard to recruit candidates for the court positions, both the appeals court and the state Supreme Court. And I believe that we have the opportunity with people being concerned about crime to pick up seats in these critical judge positions. If we're going to change crime in New Mexico, it's going to have to begin with our judges. And we also are launching the Republican Party new website, just go to uh, gopnm.org. You can get a wealth of information about our mission. You can listen to our Inside New Mexico podcast on the website. Also, please sign the primary nominating petitions for our Supreme Court positions. You can find those on the site. So a lot of things coming up there, Derek, in 2020, all saying that it's going to be a banner here for Republicans.
0: I'm sure by now, most of our listeners have heard about the attack on our embassy in Iraq and about President Trump taking out General Soleimani. When I heard about our embassy being attacked in Iraq, first thing came to mind is, oh, we're going to have to evacuate the embassy. And I'll be darned if this president didn't stand up and say, no, we are not running away. He sent 100 United States Marines to protect that embassy, and you know the power of 100 U.S. Marines. He said, it won't be another Benghazi. We're not going to run away again. We're going to stand up. I was very impressed.
1: Yeah, I I think that uh, the world was just completely shocked, and I think Iran was shocked. He's the head guy that uh, trains and sets up all the terror operations for Iran and, of course, was just operating freely. He had decided that the U.S. would never have the courage to come after him. Actually, the indications are that Trump gave the order some time ago. We don't know if it was a week ago, a month ago, but it wasn't like he was sitting in the situation room. I was in D.C. the night that bin Laden was killed and it was like obama was sitting there waiting to take the credit behind the scenes he had been fighting all along saying that they shouldn't do it but once the military convinced him that they were going to do it then he wanted to slide in front and take the credit when you refer to the benghazi embassy and the killing of our ambassador there we had c-130 gunships that were probably less than an hour away and this conflict at benghazi went on for an extended period of time, I think maybe eight or 12 hours. So it wasn't like they were overrun immediately, and President Obama refused to send anyone to their aid. And this president, like you said, sent 100 Marines, but he also put another three or 4,000 people in the region to be on call. Since that point, Iran has said they're going to strike our targets and, and strike Americans around the world. And Trump says, I've got 52 sites already selected, and they will be hit very hard and very fast. We will not respond in kind. We will respond in much greater kind than what you hit us with. General Petraeus, I met him when I was in Congress. He was in Iraq at the point when I met him, later became the head of the CIA. He was on CBS News, and his statement, I think, is one that is the biggest takeaway from the weekend. He said, again, this is General Petraeus, said, it's impossible to overstate significance of the Soleimani airstrike he said that it was far bigger than the death of Osama bin Laden that's because of the active participation of Soleimani but then also the number two guy behind Soleimani Abu Mandi al-Muhandi he said you got both of them in the same raid And so he said that it's uh, probably the most significant thing that we've done to fight the war on terror in a very long period of time. So a lot of discussion back and forth from both sides on this strike but the president has shown resolve he's shown courage he's shown strength and it's the strong leadership that i think that the world is looking for obama felt like if he just retreated out of the position number one position that the u.s maintained that it was going to then make everybody equal on the world stage what it did is left a vacuum and warlords in certain areas moved in and took over other areas then uh, existing dictators took over A vacuum is always looking for power, and Obama left a vacuum. This president is leaving no vacuum around him.
0: Well, some on the left uh, are saying that the president may start a war. On the other hand, you could look at it as he may stop one, because our enemies are, like you said, kind of expect us to take a punch and do nothing.
1: But the people who say may start a war are hiding their head in the sand. Iran has been at war with us for an extended period of time. You remember the Beirut barracks, and then the 52 hostages that were taken under President Carter took Reagan just a matter of days to get those hostages freed. In recent weeks, they have shot down the drone. They have taken over the oil tanker. They have been at war. It has just been that we are not responding. The president kept saying, "When I get engaged, I'm going to get engaged." But the Iranians believe that this president was going to act like Obama, speak big and carry a small stick. This president uh, speaks pretty boldly, but he also carries a big stick.
0: Yes, he is somewhat. Uh... Teddy Roosevelt-esque, as it were.
1: Yeah, he's uh, decisive. You know, I'm liking Pompeo more. I served in the House of Representatives with him. He's from Kansas, was a congressional representative from there, and then Trump picked him to be on his team and uh, secretary of state now. So I think that he's doing a dramatically good job there.
0: I just hate for people to say we're going to start a war. No, the Iranians are the ones poking us and provoking us to respond. And when we respond, then our own people come out and say the president is the terrorist. How backward is that?
1: Yeah, it's just upside down. It's people who hate the president so much. I mean, it's got the Democrats in a very tough position. However, Joe Biden, uh, to his credit, said that uh, Soleimani deserved to be brought to justice. And the Democrats can't support the terrorists, but they also don't want to give this president a win. And so he's he's really got them in a box on this.
0: It's tough to be a Democrat representative. And again, I want to point out on this show, when we talk about the Democrats this way, we're not talking about the people, the Democrats listening to our program here. We're talking about our representatives representatives who are the far progressives. And I know there's a lot of Democrats out there listening to us that are glad that the president took the action that he did.
1: You can imagine that one of the accusations that the, Trump did this to take the focus off of impeachment, and I don't believe that at all. In fact, the president is getting stronger support now that the impeachment is going on. It shows up in the donations that were given to his campaign and to the Republican National Committee, almost a half billion dollars in one year. I mean, that's that's a massive total. The campaign is spending a lot of money. They're spending money here in New Mexico. They still have $103 million on hand. That's a massive total to start the year, out i think that again we're going to see success on the part of the president because people are going to judge that his economy is good and now then they're going to say his promise to make america safer is another promise made and promise kept
0: you're listening to inside new mexico with steve pierce and when we come back in our next segment we'll be talking about crime in albuquerque stay tuned
1: Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill and I'm talking with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. And Steve, I understand we have some sad news from the Albuquerque City Council.
1: Ken Sanchez, he was on the city council, a veteran on that body. He died on New Year's Day suffered a medical emergency back in November. And so we just, our thoughts and our prayers go out to his family and, and to really the other members of the, the of the council there. They are going to have trouble replacing anyone who's been a long-time member. But then on the other side of the aisle, Brooke Bassan mm-hmm. uh, is now seated with the city council, and uh, she won that runoff race, uh, you recall, a couple of months ago. So that was a seat that the Democrats really were trying to get. Republicans had held it for some time, and uh, they just thought they could get it. But, you uh, no, Brooke uh, ran a very good race and was victorious. So a sadness and then a new opportunity for freshman counts who are there.
0: The crime in Albuquerque just continues. 82 murders, I believe, in 2019, and already as we record this, too, in 2020. And it just doesn't stop. Nobody seems to be doing it. I know they have their 15 most dangerous criminals, but they get them and they let them out again. So what do you think?
1: The crime is just out of control. The poor leadership at City Hall is just refusing to acknowledge that uh, when you treat criminals with kid gloves, when you have a judicial system that won't hand down tough sentences, won't keep tough people in jail, then you're going to have crime because uh, people know that they can get by with it. Many of the police tell me that it's six or eight times uh, on many of the cases where they've arrested people and they arrest them over and over again. They're turned loose. And so it may be seven or eight, nine times before anything really happens. And by then they've already formed such a life of crime that uh, the chance of rehabilitation gets smaller the deeper they get into the criminal life. Derek, just as we're talking about crime getting worse than this new law that is very soft on crime, takes effect last week. It's going to allow judges to expunge records of criminals. The new law states that people convicted of serious crimes like robbery, auto theft, and assault can ask a judge to expunge their criminal record. That means clean it up, erase it. The convicted criminals can ask the court if they haven't gotten into trouble for several years. They were not convicted of DWI, sex offenses, crimes committed against children, or crimes that cause death. And you just wonder... How in the world are we going to know when we take people to trial if they've shown a pattern or not? Your juries are not going to know as much as they should know when they start sentencing people. But again, when we just set a record year for 82 homicides in Albuquerque, the largest record ever and a horrible record to have, then we do this to where it's going to make it harder to get uh, convictions or serious time behind bars for criminals. So you just can't make this stuff up.
0: Where are the concerns for the victims of these crimes? I'm not seeing that.
1: Yeah, the state uh, is easy on criminals and hard on victims and so as republicans we always push a victim's bill of rights but uh, democrats are never going to let that through because the democrat party is basically controlled by two groups uh, the unions and the trial lawyers and so we're just never going to get anything that curtails their ability to get the most favorable treatment for their clients
0: our governor michelle lujan grisham is being accused of sexual harassment What happened there?
1: Well, James Hallinan worked for her in her campaign. I mean, we had the opportunity to work with him in some of the debates and things, so I knew him personally. But he says that the governor poured water in his lap and then grabbed him by the crotch and said, hey, we need to whatever appeal that she was making to him. And the governor's office immediately said, no, that's not true. I did think it was interesting that later in the day they came out and said, well, the governor is known to have a good sense of humor, and she's a practical joker, and there may have been talk going on that would lead someone to believe, but she never touched it anyway. So anyway, you could see they were trying to walk back the fact that it just never occurred uh, because I've heard that there are three or four people now moving forward saying, wait, the same thing happened to me. We'll see where it goes. But uh, I just think that we should have a full investigation. It should be a transparent investigation. No one should be above the law. And if she's guilty, then she should pay the consequences.
0: I can only imagine if you had one for governor or even as our congressman, even if somebody said you did something like that, you'd be done.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's just a different standard, whichever side of the aisle you're on. If you recall, Senator Richard Martinez was arrested for DWI. We ran the story on that. One of the TV stations had him drunk and refusing to cooperate and saying, "What well, do you know who I am or whatever. He refused to step down or to resign. Now then, he has drawn a primary opponent, Leo Hormio of Espanola, he's one of the Rio Riba County Commissioners. He says he's definitely going to take him on in the primary. So we'll see. But he's another example of somebody thinking they're above the law.
0: He resigned from some committees. Seems like if he needed to do that, he should just completely resign.
1: Yeah, you, you can't say, oh, well, I was just guilty enough to resign from a committee or two, but I'm not guilty enough to step down. You know, as we talk about this, and this segment has been a lot about the laws and the things that are encouraged by the laws, different Republican attorney generals around the nation are now saying that Bloomberg is secretly embedding an army of anti-Trump attorneys inside state attorney general offices. That would be Democrat attorney generals who would be favorable to that. And it really raises the question. It's against the law for people to pay for political operatives in campaigns. In other words, people used to do that. They would pay the labor for somebody and let them go work for a campaign. Well, that's against the law. But now then the question is, can a billionaire try to affect justice? These partisan attorney general employees are going to go after the energy companies and after Trump. And some have brought suit against Mobil already and the Trump administration for different regulations that the, the Trump administration has rolled back and so we will see where it goes. But the Democrats are really starting to destabilize our republic. Again, this is not your Democrats at the state level, just your average everyday Democrat voter. These are the people in power in the Democrat Party. The extreme progressives want nothing worse than to collapse the American system. And they want socialism and this strong governmental presence to take over. But huge things going on right now that need to be talked about. And we on Inside New Mexico are willing to talk about them
0: coming up in our next segment cal thomas did an interview about why americans want socialism steve and i will be discussing that next on inside new mexico
1: national guard and reserve members are true leaders both in the military and in the workplace they are highly skilled and get the job done every day Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit ESGR.mil employers to learn more.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Chairman of our Republican Party, Steve Pierce. And we're talking about socialism and why so many people think it's so great in this country and we fought wars against it and yet here we are uh, with somebody admittedly like Bernie Sanders saying that's what they're going to do. An example is uh, what happened in Albuquerque. They passed a bill about plastic bags and here's the difference of how it should have worked in my opinion. I think we all agree the plastic bags are bad. They don't break down. Plastic lasts forever. Okay, okay. So, give me a choice. We used to have a choice. They used to ask you, remember see paper or plastic? Well, yes, you know now instead, Big Brother, and I encourage our listeners to go out and read nineteen eighty four and learn what Big Brother is all about, tells you you will no longer have plastic bags. I never wanted them in the first place. I always preferred the paper bags, and they made me take them, and now they're taking them away. So that's just a small example, but you have a good story to tell us about.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think that you're right on point when you talk about the plastic bags. Basically, uh, socialism really uh, involves a great amount of government control. But the question that Cal Thomas deals with, and he actually goes on uh, Fox News to do this, He is saying, why is socialism still so seductive to Americans, and then kind of goes into it He points out that about every generation, we have this great flirtation with candidates, uh, usually in the Democratic Party, who are just outright socialists. Bernie Sanders is is a confessed socialist. Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, she doesn't self-describe as socialist, but her policies always resemble those of Sanders, but then sometimes are more extreme than his. Now, it's interesting because Cal points out that uh, Sanders has the luxury of condemning millionaires and billionaires uh, from his comfortable life as a multimillionaire. And uh, Sanders said, well, anybody can go write a book. And that's his explanation. Well, I'm sorry, but the whole root of socialism is fairness. And the socialists and the, the liberals who agree with the socialists tendencies, say that it's unfair for one person to make so much more than another person that we all ought to be making the same. The difference is that people contribute different amounts and different values to companies. So saying that the janitor should make the same thing as a doctor really is where it begins to break down but the reason that America still has this flirtation with socialism, Thomas goes on to explain that basically the liberals operate mostly on feelings, and it's this feeling of fairness. He refers to Amity Shales. She actually came to Tudorosa and gave a book review there at a dinner and, and signed books when she wrote her book on Calvin Coolidge. And so I'm familiar with Amity, but she wrote a, a book on socialism called The Great Society, A New History. And she points out that Basically, people are in favor of socialism because they don't understand the lessons from the past. They don't understand that this great society that Lyndon Johnson promised that he was going to use to end poverty in America failed miserably. In fact, the poverty is probably deeper now than when we invested trillions into his programs to end poverty. She says the much better example is the private economy. She points out that 50 years ago, McDonald's employed more young men than the U.S. Army that McDonald's then would give them a path forward. They could advance into management positions. Sometimes the company will pay for college tuition if it finds good workers. And so that ability to choose and fight for your own level is one that's much more productive, and the reason the American economy has been so successful. But we continue to have the left that flirts with the socialism. And so I think it's it's a great read for anybody who wants to just Google Cal Thomas and socialism. uh, The article will pop right
0: up. I wanted to mention, too, I saw this when I worked. I was a supervisor, but I worked at a place that had a union. And I'm not condemning unions because there's a reason to have them. But I saw lots of people doing the same job. And because of their personal character, some did a better job than others. But yet they all had to be paid the same. So there was no incentive to do a better job. That's what socialism brings.
1: Yeah, it, it never winds up in equal treatment. It doesn't wind up in equal pay. What happens is you get the ultra-rich, the elites who manage the system. You can take a look at Castro's Cuba. They converted over from the free market to this socialism or communism. And now then, 50 years later, they don't have any jobs on the island. The Cubans have fleed looking for freedom and prosperity. Cuba has neither. When Castro took over, Cuba actually was the second or third leading economy in the Americas behind the U.S. and maybe behind Argentina. So they made their choice. Argentina, likewise, chose big unions, big government, and they just outright collapsed the Argentinian economy. It was, uh, again, right there with the U.S., maybe even bigger than U.S. economy at one point 100 years ago. And so you see those collapses and you wonder why people still favored these moves. And the truth is, Amity Shale says, is that people just don't know the real history and the media helps obscure that. So a great read. Just as we're talking about policies, President Trump implemented a policy that is going to require that Americans will get a separate bill for the abortion under Obamacare. So this is going to split it out and you're going to see an invoice coming into your mailbox if you're under Obamacare and one is going to be your medical coverage and one is going to be the amount that is put on your bill to pay for abortions. I think that's going to send shockwaves through the nation as people who have no need for abortions shouldn't be paying for them for themselves or themselves family are having to foot the bill for other people. I think that Trump continues to press this reason the left hates him so bad. Planned Parenthood is going to be exposed once more for how much individuals are paying for abortions who will never use them. So again, I just, I think that that's going to be a, another huge move in Trump's position to say that the government has been taking advantage of people for a very long period of time.
0: We have a a former Navy SEAL that inspires America. Tell us about him.
1: Yeah, it was on Christmas Day. Fox did this story, and it just makes you feel good. It was uh, about a former Navy SEAL. Army Ranger Jason Redmond, who has survived his injuries in combat and has overcome dozens of surgeries after he was attacked in 2007 in Iraq. His face and, and left arm were severely wounded. Of course, he received a Purple Heart, but he sat down to discuss his recent book, Overcome, in which he talks about how he overcame and how he dealt with his injuries. He is also lending his voice and experience to different charitable organizations that are geared towards helping combat veterans. He funded a clothing line called Wounded Wear for soldiers who suffered amputations or facial disfigurement. This was certainly, for me, an inspiring story. The nation owes such a debt of gratitude to our young men and women who will fight in combat, will fight for freedom, not just for the U.S., but for the entire world. And so uh, hats off to former Navy SEAL Jason Redman.
0: For folks that are listening to us right now and saying that what Steve Pierce is talking about makes sense to them and want to get involved and do more, maybe to help the Republican Party, turn New Mexico red. Steve, how would they do that?
1: Well, you remember at the beginning of the show, we talked about the gopnm.org. That's our new website. Again, you can get news, events, information about our elected officials, voter resources, just all kinds of useful and important information about the Republican Party and its mission. Or you can go to our party Facebook page. Uh, that's at New Mexico GOP. The same thing for our Twitter account and Instagram. So again, check in with us somewhere. If you want to talk to somebody, call our headquarters at 505-298-3662. That's 505 505- Two nine I've got people volunteering every day. They're excited about the Trump campaign. They're excited about what he's doing nationally and internationally. They're excited about their paycheck. So take a look at your paycheck. If you like what you're seeing, if you like the lower taxes and the higher pay, join up and help us as Republicans keep Donald Trump in office. Derek, great program today. always appreciate you and your team uh, that produce this. I look forward to talking to you next week.
0: And to that, maybe you're not a Republican, but you're finding President Trump's policies helpful and you'd like to put a sign in your yard. You can do that through the Republican Party as well. You don't necessarily have to be a Republican to get involved. Remember, we may be Republicans, Democrats, independents, but we're all New Mexicans first. I'm Derek Underhill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week right here on Inside New Mexico.